0: Filmmaker Commentary, episode 125. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we give you insights from our favorite filmmaking commentaries. These commentaries can be heard on your DVD and Blu-rays of your favorite movies. We'll show you how you can use these commentaries and apply them to improve your video production and filmmaking techniques. All of this here on Filmmaker Commentary. I'm your host, Reginald Titus Jr. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Filmmaker Commentary I'm Reginald Titus Jr. I'm joined with KCG Smith Welcome back sir Good to be back <laughs> sir And today we're talking about Suicide No, the, the Suicide Squad Directed and written by James Gunn 2021, just came out 2021 um, What was the budget and you know, box office and
1: all the fun stuff? For so Suicide Squad. the Suicide Squad had an estimated budget of one hundred and eighty five million dollars had an opening weekend of twenty six million and a U.S. and Canadian gross of fifty six million and a worldwide gross of one hundred and sixty seven million. Asterisk. This was during the time period where HBO Max and Warner Brothers decided that everything. Almost everything that was releasing in theaters was also dropping on HBO Max the same day. So mm. that probably, no, that definitely affected the box office. Yeah, very interesting. Um, I was like going through, because
0: so I remember watching it and I would, you know, yeah, we'll I'll go into that later. But. I I was wondering what it did at the box office, and I remember like hearing seeing on YouTube, you know, people talking about it. And on the way here, I pulled it on YouTube. I was like, "What was the consensus?" Because I don't remember. And yeah, it was a bomb at the box office. But what you're saying, you know, with them releasing it, you know, online around the same time with those people, you know, what was it called like cannibalizing themselves by not
1: releasing it theatrically? Um, Absolutely, because I would have been, I would have been in the theater. Well. I had my. It was like two weeks after my stroke. Yeah. Under normal circumstances, right. if it was just a theatrical release, I would have been in the theaters to see it there, along, right. with, along with along with a friend of mine. I probably would have potentially maybe gone back and saw it twice. Right. But, yeah, as it was, I, just, I watched it only on HBO Max. And I um, also, too, you know, in
0: one of the videos I was looking at, I forgot, not forgotten, but... You know, dealing with the pandemic, too, you know, so it's like it's hard to judge what would have, what could have. But at that time, not that many people were going back to, you know, willing to risk their life at the theater. You know, very true. I probably would have went to the theater to watch it under normal circumstances, even if it was released streaming and available in the theater. But say there's no pandemic. I'm, I'm going to go watch the movie at the theater.
1: So probably probably the same here. I would have still gone. The yeah, because if I was in grad school still. <laughs> in an alternate universe. Right. Uh, normal circumstances, yes. I yeah. would have gone and seen this in the theater. I think I would have really enjoyed it because all the effects. It's James Gunn's films, especially at the caliber he's been making in the past couple of years, the spectacle that's involved definitely is, is worthwhile seeing right. in the theater.
0: And then him coming from the Guardians of the Galaxy, he has his you know, track record of oh, yeah. bringing people that we, the general public, Knows nothing about and making them, you know, like, wow, this is interesting. This is good, actually.
1: Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah. But, yeah, not quite the no. cash cows they would have hoped, as, as it could have been. But there are a lot of films in 2021 and even at the end of 2020 that uh, suffer the same fate from Warner Brothers and HBO Max's strategy of, mm-hmm. you know, day and date theater and HBO Max release. Yeah, because, I mean, you can't push it. Or maybe
0: you can just keep pushing it off years and years and everybody just wait, like, what's going to happen? You know, eventually the movie has to come out some kind of way.
1: Yeah, there was just too much uncertainty. So it's, it's hard to say that they were necessarily wrong. It's just, you know, it's a yeah tough, tough deal. Yeah, with a global pandemic happening. Uh It makes
0: you think, too, like, what's the value? Because I felt like when I heard the budget, $180 million, I was like, that's a lot. It's a lot of money. Uh, I, I was I was assuming like seventy five to a hundred just based on the movie that I saw, and mm. I, I felt like one eighty five.
1: Like man, they are really kicking it. You know, they're <laughs> pretty large <laughs> cast of, of 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 people, even. I don't want to dive into too deep yes. to shit before I give my spoiler warning. Yes. But it's a large cast of characters. You if you saw the trailers, you know there's a lot right. of people featured in this film. And there's a lot of practical effects, too. When you hear him talk about it, a lot of practical effects that they utilized. Right. That may have, and in addition to digital, uh, I'm sure that kind of drove yeah. up the, the budget as well. Quite a few action set pieces. Yeah. I mean, once you get used to that Marvel money, you know, it's it's hard to scale back. It's like <laughs> he was fairly uninhibited in what he was able to do. I mean right. once he kinda had his initial fallout with Marvel, you know, D C and Wimbus like, Hey, uh James, uh let, let me holler at you. <laughs> let me holler at you. And they, they gave him pretty much free reign.
0: Yeah. I mean he earned it, you know, he <laughs> earned it from which color, but I mean there is you do have to be responsible. Um and sometimes people can kind of and and, was, and of course at the time they didn't know a pandemic. I'm yeah. assuming they didn't know that a pandemic was
1: coming. This, this would have. Golly. Oh, oh gosh. Just look at that number. I'm looking at that number right now. and am like, dang, that's really, I mean, compared <laughs> to what like other films are doing. I'm like, I just, it just kind of really clicked only 167 million. Like the first, let's see what the first suicide squad made, which was, you know, critically panned. Yeah. And, and, and disliked by quite a few. And I was watching a
0: scene of the older, uh, Regular Suicide Squad, and it's the scene with Will Smith, and he's like testing out the guns, and he didn't know that it was loaded. He was like, "Are y'all serious?"
1: Joker's he, must be crazy. crazy. <laughs> it was a good scene. Yeah, I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed him as Deadshot, right. Floyd Lawton. This is I like. It's a pretty solid scene.
0: It's pretty good. Yeah. I need to go it back and it, check it out. Yeah,
1: it had its moments for sure. Yeah, there may be a, a quote unquote airs cut floating out there, just like there was a mm. Snyder cut of uh, Justice okay. League, because airs is. You know, famously complained about his face that his film was chopped up by a a trailer company, and that's why it's the like, whole movie was. That's the that's what word on the street is the scu- the scuttlebutt is that <laughs> it was uh, chopped up by a trailer company, so it's like edited edited very oddly and
0: it was yeah. There, there's some action sequence
1: kind of in them like what happened here exactly. They say that's that's what the the word on the street is. And so there's a rumors there's an Ayers cut floating out there, but if the new uh discovery Discovery Plus, whatever it's like they're taking, mm-hmm. you know, they've taken over. They're taking over uh, a lot of Warner Brother Media. Okay. They sold off to them. They're talking about doing a whole DC reboot, so that could squash any of this other stuff. Anyway, but that original Suicide Squad worldwide seven hundred seventy four million. million.
0: yikes! That's how much it made. The
1: U.S. the U.S. and Canada gross was three twenty five million. That's Ooh. already double what the worldwide gross of these suicides that that bites and back. what was the budget for that one the uh, first one that budget was let me get back to it. that budget was 175 estimated 175
0: okay, okay. different circumstances um my so, god so I
1: mean yeah uh, you know, so gum's only 10 million more that's not that's not bad he had he had more you know more people in it and, and in my view he made a better film like this to I me mean, this one is but we'll get into all that yeah but. we will we will uh, but this film did win an award at the
0: sat at the Satellite Awards it won a uh, winner for stunt performance award how about that okay uh, but before we dive deeper into the Suicide Squad the Suicide Squad <laughs> let's talk about news and movies watched what do we have in the news or what have you been watching
1: so in the news i, I just want to uh share a, a, a quick report of the unfortunate passing of the comedian and actor gilbert godfrey mm-hmm. which if you you know grew up in the you know late 70s 80s even early 90s you know godfrey was uh, just kind of a a, a staple f- known for his his you know kind of High pitched, shr- shrill voices is what they use in Deadline. So that's a, that's a good adjective. Yeah, his yeah. shrill voice and kind of just, what's going on with this? Not, you know oh, just. Oh, that's the homie. Yeah, Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, lots of cameos. Problem child. Problem child. He was the principal, right? Plenty of plenty of films uh, in I his repertoire. Yeah, he was. He I just, was. I just didn't know his name. Yeah, beloved uh, character actor Gilbert Godfrey passed away from a long-time struggle with an illness at the age of 67. He's a Saturday Night Live uh, yeah. alumnus. He was a part of the 1980 cast. Yeah. He joined with them. He had been doing comedy. He started at the age of 15. Wow. So, uh, yeah, he uh, he passed this week. So, a uh, salute to, to him and his salute. family and all of his fans out there. Uh, Mr. Godfrey, thank you for your years of uh, bringing joy and humor into this world, which is always much needed. True facts. Wow.
0: Yeah, problem child, dude. I remember that. Yeah, yeah he's he stood a, out.
1: He's a, he's a, he's, a, he's a legend. Uh, how about trailers? You been checking out any trailers? Any that any that stand out to you?
0: No, I haven't seen the trailer. All right. Any trailers yet?
1: Um, you know, Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness is coming out in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, in May, so that is on full promotional mode and more and more trailers dropping.
0: When did I drop? The tr- so when did the trailer get released for that?
1: Oh, it's been, there's been multiple trailers. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Multiple, <laughs> multiple trailers. And then they're they're, 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 they're not showing too much in them because I think this thing is going to be a cameo fest. Yes. When you say multiverse yeah. of madness, that, that is free reign. There's all kinds of rumors floating out there as far as what might be in here. There's rumors of uh Tom Cruise potentially playing a Superior Iron Man which was a character from the comics but wow. decades ago Tom Cruise was rumored to play Tony Stark in an Iron Man That's film beautiful. that was that I think was James Cameron going to direct that I don't remember who but that was decades ago. Yeah. Uh so to bring him in so who who knows who we might see there's rumors that Patrick Stewart is is potentially going to be in it as okay. Professor Rex and maybe the Illuminati from the comics so yeah, it is. This thing is wide open. I think it's okay. going to be just crazy. So I'm I'm pretty stoked for it.
0: Is it is it coming out on the platform? Do you got to pay more for yeah, it? This is in the theaters. Oh, but are they going to show it like kind of like what they did with Black Widow? Like you got to pay an extra dot, you know, extra amount of money. Uh
1: they might do a premium.
0: Yeah, like they might do a
1: premium release. But uh, this one, I want to see uh, you go to the, the theaters. 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 <laughs> uh, and then the uh, another trailer that I watched today because I saw when I was going, looking up the news. Uh, that there's a, a new film that's going to be dropping called Crimes of the Future, oh, by your boy David Cronenberg. Oh, really? Because the yeah the headline said Cronenberg returns to body horror. I'm with it. I'm with crimes it. Crimes of the Future. I'm with it. Check that shit. Cheerle- is it good? Uh, I was like, whoa. <laughs> I, I, I
0: got a little like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Is it like in the same vein of like Minority Report kind of
1: thing? Uh, no. no. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I would say no. It, the the film is set in the future with people who are it kind of ended like passionate stuff, like, mm-hmm. like, not quite S SN- and M, or you could say like S and M, but you go to the next level where they're they're cutting themselves, ooh. and that's like their form of like pleasure. Yikes! And apparently it's going to like escalate and get bad, like sadistic body horror. Like, oh, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's crimes of the future. Cronenberg uh, for your grossness. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little bit of a trailers. I watched the uh, the most recent
0: episode of Atlanta. Likewise, yeah. What can I say? That it's so the genre that this is playing that Donald Glover is playing in it's they're calling it Afro surrealism, and I'm with it. Yes, like I'm drawn to weird stuff, and I didn't underst- I didn't really understand why I liked it and or why it was weird. And then there was this YouTube. Um, channel of this guy who breaks down all kinds of films, and he broke that down with like an actual manifesto of Afro surrealism and how this is Afro surrealism. Mm. So, like, yeah, oh, this is. What did you think about the most recent episode?
1: The show. The show is so smart. Yeah, like every episode is a bit of a mystery. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's some kind of mystery or or MacGuffin or or something that is off. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't know what what it is or how it's gonna work out and it's it 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 doesn't ever quite seem to end the way you think it will. Right. Or in a traditional quote unquote happy ending. Mm-hmm. But it's watching the characters go through the emotions, the struggles, the drama, the humor of it all and the way that it's shot, it's and the performance. I and mean, these actors are, you know, Amazing. Brian Tyree Henry is Paper Boy. Paper Boy. Paper Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Donald doing his thing. Yeah. And uh, Lake Stanfield, you know, who was getting just, weirder and weirder every Yeah, episode. but he's so great at pay, yeah. playing weird. Yeah. He, he just does it so effortlessly. True. But yeah, it was very enjoyable. And at times you, you get kind of frustrated with, like, you feel the character's frustration. Yeah. Like, like paper, they're there with him. Yeah. Yeah. Paper Boy, like, I feel his frustration. But seeing him get his layers peeled back a little bit mm. in, in attempts to get his phone back, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was that was, it was wild, and the ending, you know, the curve, of the ending. I was like, ah, I place? was like, that <laughs> much Oh, I was, I was, I was pissed. I was pissed for him. I was like, <laughs> this Joker. Yeah, but, but they're also, you know, literally doing a European tour. Yeah.
0: Uh, I was looking at the credits, too. It's being filmed. A lot of that is, isn't filmed in America, and so there's, like, some tax—I won't say tax rebates, but, you know, there's some—it's, like, they get access to certain money that you may not get here in America because of the arts and things like that. So For sure. Seeing that, I was like, oh, man, that's pretty cool, man. That is smart to just go somewhere else and shoot. I bet the creativity is through the roof when you get to do that.
1: I bet. I bet. So, you know, I, I I enjoyed that uh, latest episode of Atlanta. Atlanta. Something that I had watched, I forgot to mention last time. That was one of my favorite things that I watched Mm -hmm. all year. Were both seasons one and two of Ted Lasso Mm -hmm. on Apple TV. I cannot recommend it enough. Okay. It's something I I would not have thought I would have cared anything about. It's an American coach who gets hired to manage and run, pardon me, a soccer team. Oh. Football. Football. Football in the UK mm-hmm. and it's uh Jason Sudeikis and mm-hmm. he plays like, I think he's, I think in the show he's from like Oklahoma and he's just as American as American can American. be. He's got all these one liners and quips. He's just high energy all the time. And it's, it's, the show is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. The, the, the back and forth between the, the players themselves, their egos. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is the biggest sport in the world. Like America, we're the odd ones out where, you know, soccer's not the number one sport here. It's Mm -hmm. strange,
0: you know, by (laughs) comparison,
1: it's just strange. True. true. And so. Got our own version of football. That's what we do. That's, that's true. But it's, it's a great show. The brilliant, brilliant performances. I mean, cleaned up at the Emmys, like, like, yeah, cleaned Mm -hmm. up at the Emmys, multiple awards, Smartly written, Ted Lasso. I mean, I I, I binged through those those two wow. seasons like I couldn't stop. It. Like next, 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 I need more, I need more. <laughs> so yeah, I will be on when season three drops. But Apple TV, Ted Lasso, thank me later. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome.
0: Um, also, one of the another thing I was watching is just one episode. Uh, it's a TV show. It's on Netflix. It's called Dirty Money. And this one kind of goes into, like, it's episodic, so it goes to different scandals that happen, you know, internationally, but a lot of times they're just focused on America. Uh, This one in particular was the Wells Fargo scandal. Uh, Wells Fargo over the last couple of years, they were in the news for basically committing fraud. Like a lot of their retail like associates, you know, there was so much pressure on these people to get to open up accounts that it got to the point where they were just doing fraud to to reach the numbers. Sick. Yeah, man. It, it's pretty horrible, man. And and it seems like when you're dealing with these multi-corporations like this, making billions of dollars, uh, like profit every year, that the people that really, really suffer are the people that are just living kind of like paycheck to paycheck, you know, only getting paid 15, 10 to 15 bucks an hour yep, and are scared to lose their job. Whereas the person that ends up resigning, you know, still gets their $200
1: million, you know, parachute. Um, and even if there's any kind of like punishment from a federal standpoint, you know, hitting these banks with a, even a billion dollar fine is a slap on the wrist. Yeah. with All the, all the money they have access to. It's, it's nothing to them. Like yeah. They then they, they in the end of the day, they're not really damaged by it. They they've no. already done the deal, done the deed, hurt the people and they just get up and they get to keep keep functioning. They keep it rolling, man. It's like wow. So that was eye opening. Uh, dirty Money on Netflix. I think I that was that one came out a couple of years ago and right. they have multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I may have watched one on like paycheck loans or something like that. Mm-hmm. That that whole industry they they get they get a lot of people hemmed up in that too Dang. in that same kind of yeah. demographic yeah. yeah those payday loans can get you be careful yes, cuídate indeed. cuídate be careful
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, i've also been watching uh america in color
0: america in color
1: yeah on the uh paramount plus that sounds good yeah it's a docu series i i, I dig like history docu document mm-hmm. series that deal with like specific decades. I don't mm-hmm. know why that fascinates me. Uh, it's history. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's, I like to be succinct. reminded
0: from a nostalgic standpoint, like, Oh yeah, that did happen. Exactly. I didn't realize how weird the nineties were in like some of the fashion and things that we were rocking until seeing that. I think there's a uh, series on Hulu talking about back in the nineties or something like mm. that. We watched a couple of those episodes. I'd like anyway. to go back
1: and check that out. Cause yeah. like, cause it, you, you, when you're living it, sometimes it's the nineties was, there's a lot of changes that happened. A lot of things that, that, Kind of popped off, but yeah, that, that's worth checking out. Because I remember some of the clothes I used to wear, some of the colors I used to wear in the nineties. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, it's a yeah, turquoise and like mustard, <laughs> you know, mustard, whatever, whatever. But uh, this this particular show, it has there's three seasons of it. The first season deals with the the twenties,
2: thirties,
1: forties, fifties, and then the sixties. Wow. Which I find just really, really fascinating times in America because we go from like the roaring 20s, -hmm. like America was like bumping. Yeah. Like things are good. People, you know, I mean, women were finding like new freedom, even hitting the term flappers. And at the same time, though, alcohol gets, you know, banned. Yeah. You know, you get prohibition and you got these speakeasies where people are going to do their thing. It's very, very, very fascinating. And then you get, you know, boom. Great Depression, the hits in the 30s, and then, you know, it's talking about, you know, who's in office, who's president, and the different people that you read about in the history books, but then seeing them and then seeing this, you know, this film like colorized, Mm -hmm. it puts a different, uh, different take, different spin on it. It's all narrated by Lee Schreiber. Uh, Very, it's all just very well done. So if you're Mm -hmm. looking for some some very interesting history lessons, America in Color uh, on Paramount Plus. Okay.
0: Paramount. Everybody in their streaming services.
1: Okay. Uh Anything else? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still on my, my regular shows. You know, my Young Rock, my Halo series, still watching it also on Paramount Plus. Young Rock on, I watch it on Hulu or sometimes live on NBC. Moon Knight, you know, I'm still uh,
0: that one's solid, yeah.
1: Yeah, it has been. This last episode was 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 good, not as good as the first two, but still pretty good. Okay. Uh, but now we're halfway through. There's only three more episodes left, so uh, but I think it's gonna really pop off because people who had gotten you know, pre-screeners before they got to the first four episodes and they were like going crazy. Like, man, this is insane. You yeah. know? So I think something big is going down in this next episode. So looking forward to that on Disney plus winning time on HBO max, mm-hmm. which is about the, the Lakers, the building of the Lakers. Oh, dynasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That show still good. New episode tonight. Wow. Sunday nights is when it drops. So that one, that one is, I look forward to that every week. Cause it's mm-hmm. just, you know, being a child of the eighties and the Lakers being the first basketball team I ever watched, you know, I remember, you know, living in, well, heck, I mean, even, I remember even in, um, when we first moved to North Dakota, I remember we were we were in off base housing, in temporary living quarters, TLQ. Mm-hmm. And I remember us watching, I remember the, the Pistons and, and Magic. Mm-hmm. I was as a kid, we remember seeing them, them squaring off. Uh, and yeah, but yeah, the Lakers were the first team that I saw, I cheered for, because my dad was, you know, cheering for them. So I was, you know, <laughs> A young lad, and I was like, okay, you do go magic, but you know, seeing magic, you will know, do his thing on the court and yeah, you know, and Kareem and all them. So that another film I watched that was I'm trying to go back and watch some like the classic Oscar nominated film. So The Grand Dictator I watched on HBO mm-hmm. Max, written and directed and starring Charlie Chaplin. Holy smokes. Yo, like it came out in nineteen forty one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pretty powerful. Like I've, I've never yeah. watched any of Chaplin's films, really. Yeah, I've always known them. more so the like clips. you know, yeah, just like you know, the silent silent film actor and his comedy stuff. Yeah, same. And this has this has some of that, but this this is a speaking film, right? This is, it's a speaking lines it's a and everything. Yeah, and he's he's playing the roles of both a a Jewish barber, but also Hitler as well. Hmm. He's playing both roles, and it's a it's a it's a really good film, especially the the, the last like scene at the end is a speech that he gives just. Powerful, very powerful, but it was kind of you know right at the, you know the rise of, of Hitler. But it's you know they they don't actually use the name Hitler. Like there's a name mm. that's that sounds similar. It starts with an <laughs> H and his last name starts with an A. But they yeah. don't actually say his name. They don't have they don't actually have swastikas on their uniforms. It's like a, some, some other kind of symbol. Yeah. But it, it, it's funny, but it's poignant and it's it's very well done. And it got nominated for multiple Academy Awards. Didn't win any unfortunately, but it got nominated for like six or seven Academy Awards. Wow. Yeah, Charlie Chaplin, man, I, like, I didn't even know he directed. I was like, Whoa. like respect. Like I I'm, Shout out. Yes, sir. Anyway, I it went kind of long, but that's uh, what I've been watching. Okay. And today's show was sponsored by? Natural Hair, the Movie by Grind of Matter Films, available to stream on all black TV. You can also rent it on Amazon Video and also view it streaming on Tubi On Demand. Check it out and leave a review. And let's jump back into the show.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Filmmaker Commentary. We're talking about The Suicide Squad coming out in, well, came out in 2021. It's here. (laughs) It's here. Um, Let's jump into the synopsis. Supervillains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport. Peacemaker and a collection of nutty cons at Belle Reve Prison join the super secret, super shady Task Force X as they are dropped off at the remote, enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. The Suicide Squad.
1: How did you watch this film? I first watched this film in a rehabilitation center bed on HBO Max on my phone. Dang, on your phone. And yeah. uh did you have the uh
0: headsets in or are you just like straight from the spe- phone speaker phone speaker dang that's gangster that's
1: what I had <laughs> what I had
0: yeah what were your thoughts like viewing it
1: in, in that way I remember i still I still enjoyed it I' don't yeah. think about it now like I still enjoyed it but it was nice to watch it big screen with my surround sound going yeah but no I, I enjoyed it then just on my phone at the time I may have may I may have had my earbuds I don't remember. Mm-hmm. but uh, I remember enjoying it thoroughly far, far more than the, the first one. Right. Uh, I, I enjoyed the Hubert. I mean, James Gunn, I thought he uh, just did a fantastic job of blending humor with drama. So he's heightened moments of tension and uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty, I thought it was pretty good, mm-hmm. but the, the more I've seen it now, I have watched it three times now. Mm-hmm. I like it more each time I see it. Same. I, um, I think we talked about it or chatted a text
0: about it at the time. Mm. And I think I'm, I'm a, I i am think I didn't dig it as much. I think that was the situation. Um, And I watched it, HBO, HBO max at home. And I, maybe I was in the wrong mind state when I watched it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. There was a lot going on then. Yeah, <laughs> it was. So I don't know. I don't know. I just couldn't enjoy it. But for whatever reason, I enjoyed it this time. And this time, I'm just, I'm not even watching the movie like all the way through, you know, experiencing all. I'm listening to the commentary and enjoying the visuals. I'm enjoying James talk about it, but then he'll take breaks. He'll take breaks and then you can enjoy some parts of it. And I was like,
1: it's actually pretty good. Uh, There's a lot going on in the film. Yeah. Again, I've seen it three times and each time I'm catching new stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, I I missed that last time. It's long too. Yeah, it's got a, got a decent decent clip it. There's a really? lot going on, even in the dialogue. Like there's yeah. it's just packed with stuff. So I was taking notes. I'd stop. I'm like, Get that down. <laughs> Man, there's a plenty going on here. Yeah, so uh, to agree
0: with you, uh, the more I watch them, I like it more. And then watching it because I'm watching it with the Blu-ray this time. It is crispy, super clear. Yeah, a uh, different than HBO Max like uh, man like you can really see the visual effects and like how graphic things are I'm like oh man I have mm-hmm. been missing out blu ray hey <laughs> uh a lot of good uh special features and things like that on here um but w- uh what did you um uh, like or not like about the film
1: uh i like i like how the film starts Actually, let me say this. I like to say that if this is your first time listening to Filmmaker Commentary, please know that there will be spoilers. You've been forewarned. I like how the film starts with a first team hitting the island. (laughs) Yes. And just they get massacred. And then, boom, we cut over to... The real team, yeah, Team Two. That's messed up. And and then then, then <laughs> things kick off. I was like, oh, that's a heck of a swerve. It's it, it's 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 pretty smart, pretty sharp. So I like that. And I like Sylvester Stallone's performance voicing uh, Nanawe, uh, aka King Shark. King Shark. He's uh, James Gunn has a a, t- a a talent for taking anthropomorphic characters. Uh, and making them likable and lovable. Yeah, he did the same with Rocket and, and Groot, and he did true. the same with with King Shark, who is chomping on swallowing uh, people whole. Yeah. Like, and Rocket is very talkative. Yes, he is. That is also true. <laughs> uh, and then I also like uh, the the, the nom brief. No, ap- no, heard. <laughs> I like the, the brief appearance of of Nathan Fillion as uh, one TDK, oh, the man. detachable kid. <laughs> Like, yeah, just just ridiculous. It, it, it is as ridiculous as it sounds. His, the detachable uh, kid,
0: detachable kid. <laughs> this dude does nothing. He just takes his arms off
1: and it just floats. And they float <laughs> I'm sure there could be some cool uses for that, but in, in this, he was just like entirely useless, slapping and doing like three Stooges slapstick to these yeah. guys. That yeah, could have done. Yeah, but it, but he was he he's a throwaway character. He was made literally just for the movie. He was made to, made to die.
0: <laughs> they like, his hands are floating, they just shoot his arms. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's laying on the ground, kicking his feet. <laughs> yeah. Cause he could still feel that. See, that's, that's a little that's rough. A downside. That's yeah. rough. That's the downside. Yeah. That, that's rough. That is rough. the downside. Uh, as far as, I didn't really put down any dislikes. Uh, again, the more I, I see it, the more I dig it. Yeah. Um,
0: Same. I don't think I really had anything that I disliked at all. Um, I, I think probably the first time watching it, maybe it was the pacing for me, or maybe I just felt like it was just too much. I don't know. Uh, but this time around, I didn't feel that way. Sure. It's magic. Um, magic. But the movie also, it reminded me of um, Planet Terror, Robert Rodriguez Planet Terror, just how like graphic it was, and but at the same time, there's comedy. It's not to be taken too seriously, so it reminded me of that. And then if you go into the special features, there's like... Uh, trailers that are cut in the way of those, like kind of older, older B-roll films. Yeah. Like those I, war f- films with
1: the voice I, I saw, I saw them nearby. I haven't had a chance to watch them. I'm going to go back and check them out.
0: Yeah, they're uh, like a little retro trailer. So they cut this movie, a uh, trailer in those styles. Nice. And so I was like, okay, this is like Planetary. It's exactly like that because they did that in Planetary and in uh, Death Proof.
1: You could, James Gunn just, he's just such a lover of, of film uh, and music. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, which plays always such a big role in his uh, productions. But yeah, I
0: a lot of um uh, court. And the reason I bring up Robert Riggs because it's like the same kind of correlation in like some of their styles, mm-hmm. their comedy, and then they're both like artists. So like, there's a love for music. Robert Riggs actually plays the guitar and has a band and things like that. And um they both draw draw out the storyboard. storyboards. So there's like a lot going on there uh, that like wow. And me of the other guy. Um, What'd you think about the commentary?
1: Solid. I mean, James Gunn comes in and he says that he didn't prepare any notes. Right. He says he wish he had, but he didn't need them. Like he, right. he's just boom, just firing off on all cylinders. He's giving, you know, gratitude and, and thanks. And he says this is the best cast he'd ever worked with. And I mean, it, it I think it's evident because he then goes on to immediately do, Peacemaker with John Cena mm-hmm. after this because just because of the way that John performs and in Peacemaker John Cena from an acting standpoint goes next level like he shows he shows an emotional depth that he hadn't seen before like he's he's really coming to his own like he's he's gonna be making some great movies and great productions to the future he's really grown as an actor
0: that's pretty cool I think that's good too um, mm-hmm. at the time like you were saying this is when he's recording this commentary, James Gunn, it's one year in the future. (laughs) And so he's reflecting back on what happened, but he's so in depth into the Peacemaker. They're currently shooting the Peacemaker series that he's kind of recall, trying to recall, but it's all positive. So he comes in like just positive energy, ready to rock and roll. Let's go. I got coffee today.
1: He had a good experience, like a real good experience. And uh, again, he pretty much had free reign to do what he wanted to do. He didn't Mm -hmm. have any, restraints and so with a mind like james gunn that means sky's the limit he uh he he went for it
0: i always liked his commentaries he's one of those he's a good commentary um director uh, loves to talk loves to hear his voice you know reminds me of like eli roth kevin smith those guys that, that can just keep on going keep on going and um i didn't think james gunn his career would go like this you know in this trajectory. Especially seeing him early on, you know, writing Scooby Doo, and being on the set of a lot of Lloyd Kaufman's uh, movies, writing those little crazy movies, and from that superhero movie, what was his first superhero? Movie? Super, super, <laughs> and seeing how like just graphic that was, and like Yo. actually this makes sense,
1: you know. <laughs> super, super, or something else. I remember we had rain Wilson from The Office, <laughs> yeah. and I remember watching that, and I was like, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, Ellen Page, uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, now now Elliot Page, but Ellen Page so is she like switched in, the game up. Yeah. Okay. Like she's like full. I mean, I guess now he. Now it's like, it's like straight up he. Now I have no comment. Yeah. So anyway, but at the time it was it was uh, Ellen Ellen Page okay. who was now Elliot Page in in the film and. Very, very, inter- very interesting in terms of what happens. Anyway, but yeah, that's uh yeah. I, I didn't expect, but I remember when I saw Guardians,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like you know how excited I was. I, t- I took you and Puppet, I was like, hey, you guys got to yeah. come with me yes. to see this film. Mm-hmm. It is nuts, and yeah, I officially became a became a fan. I agree, Mr. Gun. I went back and watched what's the one with the slugs in it, Slither. Slither. Yeah, I always want to. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I was second guessing titles. Slither. Yeah, Slither
0: yeah well done um i would suggest watching the special features you know there's like deleted scenes gag reels and then like these little featurettes you know talking about how how they were able to create king shark doing those graphics and uh though of course those trailers are in there and uh, there's like an expose just kind of talking about james gunn and like kind of his style how he approaches things so some, some good featurettes in there to check out for sure what do you think about like
1: the tone? How was a how was the tone set in this film? So the tone of this film is it's part dark, dark comedy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: part like, like heist, the heist is not the right word, but kind of, you know, like you, you're dirty dozen. We got a symbol of team for a special mission. We're not all going to make it back. Right. Kind of, kind of vibe like the, yeah. your, your, your prison break, if you will, kind of film. And you know, these, these, People are being let out of prison to accomplish this task. Right. It's also still a superhero film because these are all, with the exception of TDK, these are all characters who come directly from DC Comics. Even even the people working the back office with Amanda Waller, they're characters in DC. But it's but it's also filled with moments that it, you know you go from, you go from. Fantastic and dark comedy and violence to these real like tender moments right. that like strike at the core of these characters where they reveal something very real and personal that like, that kind of grounds them mm-hmm. which I find it's 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 really really well done
2: mm-hmm.
1: these are you know supposed to be these are these are killers murderers, psychopaths, these are criminals who have long sentences in prison for the things they've done mm-hmm. but you get these moments that bring you in and ground it so so yeah.
0: I was comparing the opening sequence. Like, I didn't re-watch the original Suicide Squad. I just watched certain scenes. And, like, a difference is with, who's our guy? They, they, when we open up in the Suicide Squad, we
1: see the prisoner sitting down with long hair. That's that uh, Michael Rooker? He's playing a... Uh... Savant. Uh, savant, yeah, like idiot Savant. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: he's, like, just in the outside cell four walls around him, just like X's all over the wall. And he has like this ball and he throws the ball against the X's and it's bouncing off the walls and kills a bird. And like, okay, this is ridiculous. You know, it's <laughs> the burden this blood. It's like, he rubbed this blood on the ball and he rubs it ball off onto um, his legs or whatever the blood onto his legs. And he's like, okay, this is kind of ridiculous. But then when you go to the other suicide squad, uh, the first one, it seems like it's a little bit more grounded in like, hey, this is probably not a good idea to recruit you know, prisoners (laughs) from, you know, to do these missions, you know, it seems like it's kind of grounded in that. And they spent a little bit more time in that recruitment stage. Sure. You know, when we were talking about Will Smith's character shooting all these guns, but he didn't know that there was real bullets in the gun. He thought they were just playing with him or something like that. he said, oh, (laughs) yeah.
1: What do you say? Jokers
0: must be crazy. Yeah, must be crazy. So like, yes, they are crazy. Like, what?
1: you know, this shouldn't be happening. (laughs) I guess the difference is that this is a sequel because you still you still have both Amanda Waller Red right. Flag and yes. Harley Quinn and Captain Boomerang all returning Dude. from the previous one, so this is so they've already established that in the first film. Right. So now when they start this one off, they want to show you like this. This one says, "Okay, we've established all that before. Now right. we want to show you the 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 fun, like the fun aspect of right. of this, and they take you in." Like, when Task Force X goes on a mission, the risk mm-hmm. is high, and they want to show you immediately, like, how this works. Like, in, in worst case scenario, how it doesn't work. Like, when right. things go bad, mm-hmm. and it immediately goes bad for Team 1. It, they are mowed down and
0: out. it's um yeah, and so, like, from that, because I was reviewing it, I was viewing it like, like, someone hit the reset button, boop, suicide squad the suicide squad you know uh but then going back and looking at the scenes like wait a second the the same characters are still here i was like okay i didn't know this was meant to be taken in this way as a sequel um anyhow but the tone you know talking about how when they go to on their first mission (laughs) when they go on their first mission and then just how like it's the suicide squad, how they're just obliterated. Team one is obliterated. Shot in the face. What else did they get?
1: Um the Burn alive? <laughs> the, the chick on the on the helicopter. I got that chopper. <laughs> <laughs> and then that chopper like chops up a uh, boomerang. Uh, yeah, those splinters from the trees. They just fly out and and then the weasel like drowned it. Drowned. Did anybody check to see if the weasel
0: could swim? He dies on the beach front. Um, and then Savant like freaks out and runs back to the ocean and gets his brains blown out because there's a de- there's a bomb, there's a little detonator in his head. If anybody tries to escape, you die. And Viola Davis character hits the button and blows his brain out. And so blows his brain out. But in the water,
1: his brains spell out "Warner Brothers presents The Suicide Squad." And when his brains get blown out, the same kind of bird that he had killed when he was throwing that ball around, one of those same kinds of birds, almost like a canary, maybe, yeah. lands on his, you know, blown out head and begins to pick at his brain meat and and take a bite.
0: That is ironic. And the signs of a good writer. Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, and that so that to me just sets
1: the tone on the kind of ride that we're on. But also, okay, so you get to that, that those moments of of you know, fantastic and crazy and dark comedy. Mm-hmm. To then all of a sudden, because you know on the chopper ride there, they're talking, they're joking around, and there's right. some, you, know, you know funny moments like you know you, you your name is TDK. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, TDK, it's it's me. watch your 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 letters? Your your name is letters. All names are letters, you a-hole, you know, whatever. It reminded me of
0: the other yeah. uh, All Words I made up when Thor talked oh, about you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> all Words I made up.
0: When they're Guardians? When yeah, they Guardians?
1: that was a uh, game. No, 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 that was uh, the one before uh, Infinity War. Ah. With the, with, yeah, anyway. So. Yeah, tangent. But yeah, so you get that moment of, of comedy and levity, then you get the dark, You you know. then you get the action in the fantastical, but then you get the real fear that hits um, Savant. Mm-hmm. you know he's like this hardened dude but all of a sudden he freaks out I mean his and his fear is genuine where he right. sees all the death and that's too much for him and clearly this guy's a killer yeah he's, if he's in Bel Reeve, he's probably killed people and all of a sudden he's, he's boom head in the water trying to get away like desperately trying to get away yeah. and explode so yeah. yeah it's giving you already the, the comedy the violence and then the, the the depth of, of character emotion Mm-hmm. And then more violence. More violence. More violence. <laughs> and then the music, right? And you get that song playing. Those are people who died, dying. It's like man, soundtrack.
0: And then after they die too, um, the employees are betting on who's gonna die. And so this guy's brain is blown out. It cuts to the employees, like, ah, oh, give me that money he lost. Da, da, da. It's like, ah oh,
1: that's pretty bad. It's a, it's a deadpool.
0: I like the uh the style of the film. Um how um James Gunn how he does his transitions, and especially like dealing with the timeline. So like for example, there's that happens and I believe they're on the beach, correct me if I'm wrong. They're on the beach and then it says 3 days earlier. And then it trend- <laughs> But the 3 days earlier is spelled out on a toilet seat. Yeah. And then we zoom into the toilet seat and we see this Ilja cleaning yeah, and, like, I was like, okay, this is how they got to this point. Um, so, yeah, I like, liked his style. Did you notice any, like, kind of, like, stylistic things that Gunn was pulling off? For sure. There's
1: a, there's constant movement of the camera. Yeah. The camera moves constantly. And uh, even, like, giving you different, uh, you know, perspectives. There's a scene later on where John Cena and Idris characters, right, uh, sports Oh, Bloodsport and yeah. Peacemaker, they're they're infiltrating, they're taking out, they're trying to save Rick Flagg basically, yeah, and they're competing against each other like shooting people or whatever. And you know, uh, Bloodsport kills a couple of guys, and then he turns to Peacemaker and he flips him the bird, yeah, and then Peacemaker turns back towards <laughs> Bloodsport and does the you know the the hand motion of of releasing. <laughs> He's doing the jerk off motion. Yeah, he does that. He does that motion, and and then like throws, throws, it. throws like like he's throwing, throwing, throwing the release at, at, at Bloodsport, and they're about they're about twenty feet apart, maybe fifteen feet apart from each other. And the funny, the funny subtle thing that Bloodsport does is he moves his head back as like like it like something hit him. <laughs> That's what cracks me up. I'm like he actually, he actually reacts to it like he's dodging it. Yeah, like like it, like it hit him. He's like ah. <laughs> it's real subtle, but it, it cracks me up. But but the, the camera will switch just in time to see him.
0: Like,
1: these dudes are nuts. Yeah.
0: And speaking about the camera movement, um, James Gunn talked about a handheld rig. It's like a smaller one because usually like with these bigger rigs, you can't move around as quickly. Um, It also gives you like a motion of seasickness, you know, with those bigger rigs. But because cameras are getting smaller, Mm -hmm. uh, I believe he said they were on a red camera. I think it was a Raptor, a Viper, a loose track. Sorry, red. Um, But because of that, they're able to move faster than normal and move
1: quicker. Absolutely. And it pays. It definitely pays off. This is a times like it does a good job of balancing the speed of like it slows down at times and then it knows when to pick up. And uh, I I thought it was paced. I I mean, I think it's paced very well
0: hmm I agreed. Uh, what kind of themes did you
1: pull out of this film? Thematically speaking, uh, I pulled themes of redemption, family, yeah, for sure, trust, sacrifice, killing birds. <laughs> There's a lot of like killing, killing birds. Killing killing of birds. Yeah. You know, again from the beginning That's with Savant. True to harley in you know the room with the guys his uh his his birds there and there's another scene later on i forgot but there's another thing where another bird dies um reflections like yeah. they, they use reflections at times for telling flashbacks or at times you'll see a character in a reflection mm-hmm. like when a bloodsport meets his daughter
0: mm-hmm. when he
1: goes to talk to her like you see her reflection first in the glass mm-hmm. and then it moves over to actually showing her.
0: Yeah. That was like the opening scene was a reflection where we see Savant, his character, he's sitting down on a bench and there's like a water puddle.
2: Mm.
0: And like, we think that's the opening scene. We think that's the shot, but actually that's a reflection. And we look up and we, it reveals
1: that it's actually. Mm. And then toxic masculinity, which I got that from James Gunn. He mentioned yeah. that specifically. I was like, oh.
0: how about you? Um, I didn't write too many themes down, uh, but I did notice like the American flag a lot. And, you know, when they're floating out of the prison, you see the American, you know, the shot still on the American flag blowing in the wind. Or the introduction of Team 1 as they're walking in slow-mo towards the camera. You see the big American flag, like, taking up the whole frame behind them in the background. Uh, and I was like, okay. we're They're pushing home the American thing.
1: Doing this for our country.
0: Yeah. Um, do... I do have a... um. I did write a little bit of extra stuff. I don't usually always talk about the director point of view, but every now and then you get a director that talks a little bit more about his point of view in approaching the film. Um, and good thing James Gunn is a talkative talkative director. Uh, but he said he was inspired by the War Caper films that he saw on Saturday afternoon as a kid, especially ones from the 60s and 70s, like 30 dozen. Um, and then uh, with... A big budget. He has a, you know, this movie had a big budget, and they didn't give him any rules, like any constraints or anything like that. So because of that, he's taking full. Of, he said, "I'm gonna take full, full advantage of that." And so because of that, that's I think that's the reason why it's so graphic, and he gets away with a lot more because they're like, "Hey, do your thing."
1: You got it, yeah, and if you you consider him coming from Disney, where those films are, you know, PG thirteen. You know, what's this one ready? Is it rated R?
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so be able to come out suicide, do an already rated film, which is more of James Gunn's speed based on his previous films. Yeah, to be able to do superhero film and go just, you no know, no restraints. Yeah, he did, he did, he took, That's he, his took thing. he took, he did take full advantage.
0: Strong violence and gore, language throughout, some sexual references, drug use, and brief graphic nudity. Yeah. Checked all the boxes off.
1: Yeah. Do you have any favorite scenes? Yes, I do. All right. The first team being massacred. <laughs> uh, weasel not being able to swim. I I uh, I'm, I'm gonna just jump in. Whatever. Yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah. The the we. <laughs>
0: who's the comedian? The guy that plays on Saturday Night Live that was sitting next to the weasel.
1: Oh, that's uh, that's the dude who dating dating Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. That dude gets around. Gets around. So he was. <laughs> He was sitting next to him.
0: He said, This guy's
1: a wolf. He's like, <laughs> Get me out of <laughs> here. And, and, and,
0: and the shot is on the weasel and he, the weasel isn't saying anything, but his eye it just looks creepy, man, because his <laughs> eyes are like <laughs> it's like creepy and funny at the same time, just with those big
1: eyes like bulging out. I was like, This is nuts, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's very creepy. It's like this thing is weird. You know, and Rick Flagging says, you know, but the, you know, he's murdered, you know. Some people and a couple of kids, but I think he agreed to do this. This thing is (laughs)
0: twenty six kids.
1: Yeah, like this is uh, probably not the best plan. You you gotta keep keep eyes on the weasel. Uh, So him not being able to swim and Savant saving him. Oh, when Waller and Bloodsport when they clash in her office, Mm -hmm. like that's two like master actors. Like for sure, the way they like just some Oscars in the room. For real. And <laughs> Viola Davis, as Amanda Waller, she's scary. Yeah, she's right. She is absolutely scary, just... Tough as nails. Yeah. No smiles coming from me. mm
0: Just get it, get the it fact, done. Just, uh, you're talking about a woman who's willing to just... Who pushes the button and blows a man's head off like, no problem. This is just Tuesday.
1: And she says at one point, you have no idea what I'd be willing to do for this country. And it justifies it all in the name of, you know, defending the country. Yeah. And uh, every, everybody is absolutely expendable.
0: Yeah, for sure. I like the scene you were just talking about with Peacemaker and Bloodsport as they're going through this whole montage of just killing all these guys and only to discover was Rick Flag and realize they didn't have to kill all
1: those people. They did to kill anybody. But it's also interesting that Amanda Waller gave the order yeah. to said kill everybody. Like, That's it, no, no, Like didn't, didn't even notify this group so they want as few people to know that they're there as possible. So they yeah. wanted them to, to take them out. Yeah, that's rough. So, um, when King Shark tries to eat Ratcatcher two, and this this girl is so much in a sleep, she's a sleepyhead. She's yeah. in such a sleep, he's got her head in his mouth, about to chomp down. Oh yeah. And 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 Bloodsport just has to start just unloading on him to get him to stop. And it's the rat that I think that alerts him, like <laughs> squeak 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 squeak. <laughs> Uh, going back to the other scene, he's like, "Is that rat waving at me?" <laughs> he's like, "He's like, yeah, I think think he's friendly.'" <laughs> and she's like, "Why?" <laughs> I think it's friendly. <laughs> why? Which is a very solid question to ask. Why is a Why is this rodent waving at me?
0: Um, I like so every. I don't say every movie, but a lot of movies have exposition where they're just talking about the plot so that we can get our information, so we know what's going on. Um, James Gunn, since he's a writer director, he makes sure that even though he's doing an exposition scene, that it's still shot in an interesting way so that it's not boring. And, uh, there, the exposition scene here was they were talking about the plan on how they're going to get, was it the star? What were they about to do? No, they were about to get into the, uh, get into the tower.
1: Mm, Right. Jodenheim.
0: Jodenheim, Yes. They were trying to go back into that tower. And um, while they're talking, um, talking about this, they're talking to the wizard. What's his name? The, is that his name? The one with the things in his head? The ball-headed guy with the things in his The, the head? thinker. The thinker. <laughs> Makes me think better. <laughs> uh, so they're talking about, you know, how they're going to do it, and this is the plan. Reflex talking about this is the plan. If you don't do this, you die. You
1: die. <laughs> if we find that your information is false, you die. <laughs> and then Harley starts chiming in. If you have... Personalized license plates, you, you die. die, and then she just starts just making up other stuff. If you <laughs>
0: Max, if you wear like the wrong black
1: colors or something like that, hey, you, you die. die. If you cough without covering your mouth, you, you die. die. And then flags like, whoa, 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 and those other three aren't aren't things. Those last
0: three things are not
1: things. But of course, that's not an open invitation. to Start coughing without covering your mouth.
0: That's right. Pandemic.
1: That's <laughs> uh, uh, other favorite scenes. King Shark getting mad about, you know, he says he wants to, you know, wear a fake mustache to, to disguise himself. <laughs> and Bloodsport and Peacemaker are like, that's a terrible idea. You'd be <laughs> totally noticeable. And he just drops an F button. King Shark just, <laughs> and just, just go storming off like a big child. It's, I yeah. just, it's, just, it's just funny to to see this man shark just throwing a tantrum. Right. Because his idea is bad.
0: I I, I enjoy watching him eat people.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's like you I kind of
0: Kind of enjoy it yeah.
1: too In the beginning Especially when he says numb, numb.
0: Yeah <laughs> Nick So at the beginning Of this Montage scene Of Bloodsport And Peacemaker It starts out with Shark You know A guy's just chilling Smoking a cigarette Or something He's just chilling And off frame We see Shark King Shark Grab him And put him in his mouth And they like Kind of starts that scene off
1: Chomp chomp And he's like Just swallows the dude It Reminds me of a Little Shop of Horrors and Audrey 2 ah, eating people. Just just now like that, I'm like, that's ah, a, a little like Audrey 2, kind of not nah, Little Shop of Horrors style, yeah. but said yeah. he walks, <laughs> he'll bring the teeth to you.
0: Yes, yuck.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yuck indeed. Uh, when the team is in the bar and they're bonding, everybody kind of that that's the moment where they 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 bond. You yeah. know they, you know flag and blood sport, old war buddies are you know dance you know you know. Talking and laughing, and then you got Ratcatcher two and you know Peacemaker on the dance floor. Peacemaker's dance moves are just cracking me right. up. John Cena doing his, his thing is funny, but then it's Polka Dot Man. Yeah, like he's there, you know, dancing with these women around him, and yeah. the camera pans, and it comes back around, and all of a sudden they're all his mom. I didn't catch that the yeah. first time. I think I don't know if I looked away or whatever, but they're all his mom. I'm like, this guy has serious mom issues because yeah, big time. <laughs> like. I mean, you feel sorry for him. He's 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 damaged, like all these people are. But that was uh, I like seeing them bond, having that moment, which is you know kind of in the, in the other movie they had a moment where they were all in a bar, and they were making Harley Quinn was making drinks, and that was kind of a moment <sighs> for them to, to bond. <laughs> tropes. Do you have any tropes?
0: How many times have we seen villains that were following? I don't, you know, maybe this is a trope, but the, they're being bugged and tracked. You know, that's, mm. you know, kind of common if you got to trust them to do things for you.
1: Um, I didn't write down any tropes. I realized I was like, ah. It's all good. I got but, you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, somebody spark some
0: in. Um, we've seen this shot for sure. This is a Hollywood trope. Team one walking slowly to us as the music plays, dun, 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 whatever music it was, I can't remember. But the American flag in the background, they're walking to us in slow motion. I mean, that's Reservoir Dogs. That's uh, any kind of heist film when you see the band come together and it's they're true. doing the cool stroll. We in see slow mo. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, the reluctant leader mm-hmm. finding his way and, and eventually rallying his team and and understanding their purpose, and what each member of the team can do and then mobilizing them True. To, at the right time to save the, save the day.
0: Mm-hmm. Dangerous sex. We've seen this over and over again. When two villains come together to get it on, throwing each other across the room, ramming each other.
1: Knocking things, breaking s- things.
0: Set on fire. Um, a similar film, uh, not a similar film, but in the uh, show The Boys, the Amazon uh, show uh, We see the two villains That are superheroes Kind of getting on that way And they're, like destroying the house
1: Oh yeah P- Um Yeah Homelander And Homelander The storm Storm chick Who does the weather stuff
0: What you were just saying Like with the camaraderie in the club The bonding I mean that's a trope You yeah, know It's the like bonding There's nothing like You know Going to Some kind of strip club Or like doing something That's vice To bring everybody together
1: True True the uh, the rescue plan goes goes doesn't go as planned mhm right they they all plan to go, oh and, yeah, and that's rescue true. Harley and right as they're starting and she she's like What are you doing <laughs> like we were coming to to rescue you it was it was a really good plan too, yeah, I could go back up there <laughs> and you could do it again yeah it's it's kind of a cute moment right Because like, you can see how how touched she is by it, right, but um, yeah.
0: Uh, one of my last ones is just the plans being spoken out loud, and this is sometimes in like a lot of heist films, like the plans of what they're gonna do is being spoken, um, is the exposition. Um, uh, they do it a lot in Ocean's Eleven. You know, it's like first we're gonna and uh, and Rick Flag is telling what's gonna happen, but the for the comedy is you know um, he's telling all this stuff, and then in the background Harley's like, and I'm walking back and forth. And then it cuts back to him still t- talking about the plan.
1: Oh yeah, the uh, the capture and being thrown in the back of the vehicle and the <laughs> and the escape. Yeah, who was thrown in the back? Um, yeah, Peacemaker, you had Flag, and you had Bloodsport all in the back of that that, that vehicle. Ah, that the, is a they, trope and for they all, sure. They all, you know, they end up escaping. That's very as, true. As their team is coming to get them, they end up breaking breaking free. The old cigarette trick. mm mm-hmm. me get a cigarette. I don't smoke. And uh, the other one was um mm, Oh yeah, like I kind of mentioned it before when with the the monster on the team begins to kind of make make friends. Uh, yeah. Which is, of course what happens with uh Nanawi or King King Shark. King Shark. Trivia uh oh, wait, first,
0: we we said tropes, quotes. You got quotes. I got quotes. I <laughs> only got like a few because I I rewatched when I rewatched I didn't watch the movie. I watched the movie with commentary. So gotcha. some of I stuff.
1: thought about doing that, but I'm I'm glad that I went back and mm-hmm. watched the whole thing because it there's things that I didn't there's a lot of things going on. There. <laughs> there's a lot of lot of dialogue. So yeah. uh I already once I mentioned before I won't mention it again. Um Oh, when Harley sitting next to the dude with with javelin. And she's like, I love your accent. And he's like, oh, you know, most American women, they, they, they do. And she goes, that's because we don't got none. <laughs> Come on, Harley, you're a doctor. There's, there's this terrible, terrible English going on here.
0: When they were talking to, um, uh, what's it, Polka Dot Man? And they were like, something wrong with you? And then he was like, no, nah, it's just a rash. And then Peacemaker, that's a
1: rash? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, uh, they're, when they're on the way to the camp to rescue Rick Flagg, And uh, Ratcatcher 2 is, she's like complaining about being tired, you know, and people was like, millennials.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Like, wow. Um, Speaking of Ratcatcher, she's about to be eaten, right, by the shark and King Shark, and then Bloodsport saves her. And she makes friends with King Shark, even though she was about to be eaten. And then Bloodsport
1: is like, little idiot. Yeah, it walks You little idiot. <laughs> uh, when they're in the the uh, briefing room with Amanda Waller, and then Nanai raises, and she's like, "Yes," Nanai, and he's like, hey. alright <laughs> just pointing at his hand. Just ridiculous. And he's like, "Yes, that is a hand. Good, good job." Like, oh boy, this is a. Uh, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed at but, all, but he's extremely effective. Lethal. Yeah.
0: Um another quote from him uh when they're all on the walkie-talkie finna go rescue Harley Quinn he just Rick <laughs> Rick Flag is just like make sure everybody's there hey where you at where's your pose and then King Shark just like
1: Bird. stay off the comms now stay off the comms <laughs> just ridiculous um when uh Bloodsport and Peacemaker are doing their their uh you know kill off yeah and uh, he, he buzzboy says, No one likes to show off, and then uh, Peacemaker says, Unless what they're showing off is dope, AF, yeah, yeah. He's like, Damn, he's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when Harley Quinn, um, she has a little quick fling in this film, um, is that considered what was the uh, he's the president of the country? Mm-hmm. I can't, uh, what was the country again? Costa, I, I don't know, I don't remember. <laughs> But She has a
1: Maldova. Is it
0: Um, Yeah About that Corto Maltese In the island of Corto Maltese any rate um, Corto Maltese So she has a swing With the President Of that country And She ends up shooting him In the heart He leaks out and dies Mm -hmm. And then she kind of talks about You know She's kind of going over things That were I got the quote If you want to Read the
1: quote You got the actual quote Yeah Read the quote says Uh when your taste in men is as bad as mine, they don't just go away quietly. They slash your tires and kill your dog and tell you that your taste in music is not real music. After a while, all that cruelty starts to tear you apart. Wow. In the part when she said,
0: and killing kids is kind of a red flag.
1: Yeah, I made a <laughs> promise to myself to, next time I met a guy with any red flags, I would, I would kill him. <coughs> killing kids that's a red flag. <laughs> yep, that is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh,
0: My other quotes, we already kind of went over those.
1: Uh, one that kind of became almost a prophecy was when Bloodsport says to Ratcatcher 2 when they're on the bus on the way to the bar, I guess. So I'm going to get you out, I'm going to get you out of here alive, kid. And then she says to him, I'm going to get you out of here alive. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Well, Setting that up for later. Absolutely. Oh, okay. One other one, other one that was, it's a, it's a real quick line. Uh-huh. I didn't catch it the first time, but when they, when they, when they are leaving the bar and Polka Dot Man and Rat Catcher 2 are taking the Thinker like to their van or whatever and he's talking, he's like, oh, I see you control rats. I, I'm working on a similar device. He was like, Do "You? how would you like a, you know, a <laughs> a pack of rats to go up your range or something like that? Yeah. And he's like, you may not suspect my, you know, uh, expect my answer. The answer you would expect. <laughs> I was like, "What? Wait a <laughs> minute!" But <laughs> yeah, he says, "My, yeah." He goes, "My answer well, might not be what you expect." I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah, they turned the thinker into a little freak. This guy's been locked away in his lab a little too long. <laughs> you got any trivia? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, Here is one. So the the big giant star. Starro the Conqueror yeah actually first appeared on the cover of the very first issue of the Justice League of America yeah that's a classic cover of you know Flash and Green Lantern and Superman Wonder Woman all rushing right at Starro so mm-hmm. he's a long time kind of classic uh villain but yeah first first one on the Justice League of America number one
0: wow um it, it, uh, also, like all the people with the starfish on their head, wasn't that a Rick and Morty episode? Remember that they all had the like thing on his face, and I'm sure they, I'm, I'm yeah, sure they did. It was a disgusting one because they were they, some of the uh, eyeballs were like dead, so they were pretending like they were being <laughs> under the influence. I can't, I can't remember what episode it was. But yeah, uh, it was it's disgusting, dead. man.
1: Anything that jumps on your face, like you know, like like with Alien, you know the <laughs> face huggers.
0: Yeah, yeah, Ugh. it was disgusting. Uh, the beach was built in Atlanta, mm-hmm. and uh, other parts were shot in Panama City.
1: Mm. Uh, Sean Gunn played the Weasel. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's always playing different uh, characters, like he plays Rocket in the Guardian films. But that's uh. James Gunn's brother. He also was Calendar Man, also briefly in the film as well. He mm-hmm. he shouts something at Man, like Wuss or whatever. When he was coming out of his cell, but yeah, James Gunn played
0: Weasel. Um, the weasel when it's floating in the water—that's an actual practical weasel. I felt like that was like real. That was done very well. And I thought it was CGI at first because mm-hmm. you see the hair like floating. i was like, oh, it's disgusting. Looks like a long rat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but apparently, there was a practical weasel that was created by a company called Legacy, who did the makeup effects in real water.
1: Mm. This is something I learned when they were promoting the film, and they were on Jimmy Kimmel talking about this. But that scene with Margot Robbie—you know, she's chained up and she's—you know—been you know, shocked and tortured, and then she—you know—gets her legs around the guard's neck and then basically breaks his neck. And then she uses her feet to get the keys. Like that's actual Margot Robbie doing all that with her feet. Like she—oh, wow—gets the keys and then it was able to pull her, her herself her, up, like herself that? up, mm-hmm, and then used it to unlock the lock. Like she actually did all of that. And James Gunn said he. He regretted not making sure her face was able yeah. to be seen because like her, her scarf, her scarf is partially blocking her face a little bit in that scene. Yeah. And after he said, he's like, I know, you know, what well, she had made to make sure her face was seen, people know that that, that was her. But she, that was all her dexterity, dexterity to be able to do that.
2: Ooh we.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> they auditioned three hundred actresses for Daniela, um, for yeah, Daniela, and came out to three. It came down to like three actresses out of three hundred. That's wild.
1: That's a lot of work. It is to find that one. But she she nailed it though. She has just the right. She has this vulnerability and sweetness to her. This accessibility. She seems very uh, accessible, Mm -hmm. and she's able to go places emotionally pretty quick. She's very. She seems very open, and Mm -hmm. she her character you know just seems so sweet and, you know, lover of both people and animals. And it's like, what is she doing here amongst these like monsters?
0: And James Gunn said, uh, "Like she would wear, she was like you were saying, accessible to emotions and became problematic." <laughs> At one point in the commentary, he said that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it almost like like scary how quick she could access yeah. her emotions and kind of yeah. just go there. It's like, wow, skills. Uh, Taika Waititi, dude, I had no of Rat idea. Catcher, yeah, he I, plays the father. He's Rat, Cat, Rat Catcher One. I had no idea he was in the film. Like.
0: I knew he looked familiar, but even with him showing him, I was like, he looks
1: familiar. Once I saw him like full on, I was like, oh, that's Taika Waititi. I was like, okay. Yeah, he's he's a heck of a talent. I mean, I, I, I knew him as a director first. Right. But now I'm, I'm seeing him in more stuff. I'm like, huh, he's he's an actor too. He's doing his thing.
0: Doing the voice of, was it in Thor Ragnarok? Yeah,
1: of uh, Korg.
0: Korg, and then seeing him in Free Guy. It's a free guy? Good guy. Free guy. Ryan Reynolds?
1: Mm-hmm. Did you see the film? I did.
0: It was solid. Tycho yeah. was in there. He was
1: a villain. That's right. Yeah, he's the the main, the main dude. Right? Yeah, he's I'd the forgot, boss. I totally forgot about that. Tycho, he's out here working. Yeah, he's working, man. And He's got Love and Thunder coming up. You know, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, is there a trailer out on that? Now, people have been, like, they've been, like, fiending for that trailer. Come on now. Because uh, it comes out in, like, three months. Okay. Marvel's coming with it. Yeah, they had to push so much stuff back. But I think when that trailer drops, it's going to be pretty nuts. Okay. Going to the theaters. Yes, sir. Uh, Um, They shot in Panama and Atlanta. I thought maybe New Zealand also because it shows up at the end of the credits, but I didn't hear him mention New Zealand in the commentary. So maybe there was some second unit stuff in New Zealand. mm -hmm. But definitely Panama and a lot of stuff in Atlanta on their soundstage. Some pretty big soundstages.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that um, uh, James Gunn James Gunn Likes to do Is put Lloyd Kaufman In his films And so Lloyd Kaufman Here in Panama City When As soon as they go into The little vice club Where everybody's stripping And stuff uh, Rat Rat girl Rat queen What is her name <laughs> <laughs> Rat catcher Oh rat Rat catcher too She busts through the door Lloyd Kaufman's right there Gets hit by the door He's like Oh that's Lloyd Kaufman huh. uh, He was in um, Guardians of the Galaxy When like All the the Inmates are like ah. He's like right in the middle Like ah. mm. So it's, it's James Gunn Kind of like You know Kind of showing like His appreciation too Because that's where He got to start At trauma Studios He
1: keeps He keeps a lot of Close relations Throughout his commentary He constantly talks about Like his friendships With like these different people now he brings him on and brings him through. He's he's uh he seems like somebody like, if you connect with, like he's gonna, you know, keep keep in contact with you and, mm-hmm. and, and stay close. Um speaking of contacts and friendships, his 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 uh his dog died during the filming mm-hmm. of this movie. And he actually, you know, the cast was very under cast and crew was very understanding. They gave him a day to go home and um all his dog was I guess really sick and you know died, uh he or she died in his arms, and you know the people were very comforting. But it's a you know sad but bit of trivia.
0: True. Uh Yeah, Lo- with Lloyd Kaufman, he's kind of like a character with like um how they would do with Marvel films with Stan, yeah, Stan Lee, just kind of mm-hmm. insert him uh, in the horror genre, especially like B level horror films. They always try to get like Lloyd Kaufman and some of the B role actor, but specifically Lloyd Kaufman to get the insert shot. Was
1: it Lloyd Kaufman who 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 cameoed in The Howling? When he was in the phone booth. Was that him? Or was that... Uh, no, that was Roger Corman.
0: Corman, that was yeah.
1: Corman. Okay, I was trying to remember the other, like, kind of B-movie guy. Yeah, that was Roger Corman. Yeah.
0: Yeah, any of the, you know, you can get one of the older guys, like, in there. Because they're, they're not actors. It's not what they do. But they are characters within themselves. So, like, sure. Lloyd is just, he's nuts. And it's just fun to see him in, there, in the films getting killed or doing something
1: crazy. Nice. John Cena is afraid of heights. Yeah. Which, uh found interesting but yeah james gunn revealed that and uh steve uh a- ag who, who played the, kind of the larger set gentleman in the uh back room with the glasses oh yeah yeah he he did the motion uh he he played king physically played king shark mm-hmm. on set that, that was it was him in a basically kind of a stomach like soup yeah uh and then of course they add the you CG on later and of course, Stallone did the voice. You see the featurette, like there's a featurette just talking about the Shark King. Yeah, that's how I... Oh, I, that, you saw that's, it? That's okay. the only one I did see. Okay.
0: It's <laughs> cool to see, like he just had... And from Robert Rodriguez, because Robert Rodriguez would talk about, like, CGI and why you have to have practical... It it looks ridiculous. Like, why would you do this? Just add them in there. But you need to see, like, the textures reflecting from the real sun and some of the real lights. It's easier for the artist to see how their model is going to reflect light. The reference. Yeah, exactly. And then for, um, like, the eyepiece that he had, it was just like a helmet. But that helps them see how...
1: Well, the eyeline's going to be what well, actors need to look as well,
0: yeah. Eyeline, and then how th- was how, how the size of Shark King in this new environment? Scale in relation to everybody, exactly. So that was actually pretty cool. Looked ridiculous, though.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's all uh, that uh, movie magic, yeah, it's magical. And now it's time for film. You got something else? We got, I think, we got to talk about soundtrack a, l- a little bit. Oh, go yeah, ahead, this James go ahead. Gun. Uh, a couple quick things, right? With any James Gunn film, music plays such a huge role. Um, there's a lot of old school tracks, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of old school tracks within this um, movie. A lot of things that usually come out of the 70s, which, you know, he really popularized when he did Guardians. Uh, and there's still some of that and some classic rock and other other kinds of songs as well. But there's also some, some newer things. There's um, two artists that he was a big fan of that he worked with that they're on here. I, I like the soundtrack. What do you think of it?
0: Yes, and I um uh it's a combination like you have the choices that he's using for like the soundtrack and then also like the compositions created specifically for the movie.
1: Yeah, the score was done by a guy named John Murphy, mm-hmm. and I thought uh, I thought it was a good score as well. So I'm I'm gonna end up uh, I'll be downloading the soundtrack just to kind of have yeah. on tap for when I'm working on different things. I like to listen to to scores and soundtracks while I do life and work. Yes, but yeah, but I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that because it does the music in, in the film plays a plays a big role. You know, it sets mm-hmm. a lot of the scenes, and it's it's always a, just appropriate True. Uh, to mm-hmm. what's what's going down.
0: I Wonder what that budget was for, like just licensing some of that music. Okay. Apparently, they had
1: plenty of it. Mm. And as we go into you know go into the tips, let you do do the. Uh, oh yeah! Now yeah. it's time for filmmaker tips. So speaking of music and tips. James Gunn mentioned that he he plans the music into the actual screenplay. Yes, which I thought was really interesting. That uh, yeah, music is written into the screenplay. Songs are even selected in advance and being played on set. That's going to be like on the soundtrack.
0: That's very helpful um, because uh, reading screen. I would like to read a screenplay actually, but um, sometimes you'll hear you'll read a screenplay and it'll say this music plays on the or it's like a reference to genre, like hip hop music plays on the radio. Cause you don't know what, what you're going to even get. But if you have a budget already, you can, you kind of can go ahead and put that in there if you kind of know what's up. Um So I think that's interesting that he's already making those choices and is actually way more helpful.
1: I wonder if that was a case, if the uh, score was already playing when, or the music was already playing when when Harley Quinn again, when she gets ready to take that guard down, and she's hanging there, like she's like the, you know, she's behind him, and her eyes are looking like kind of straight at the, at mm-hmm. the camera, and then she like on the cue with the music, cuts her eyes cut to the guy. Uh, that's that that song that, you know, I ain't got nobody. Yeah, uh, just a Gigolo. But I, that song, I bet that was already playing because she timed, you know, when her eyes would move to to that.
0: That's cool. Uh, um, also, they play that, like you were saying, they were playing the music for Team One when they come out to the slow motion. They're playing that music. So they already got it. So you can kind of just, yeah, uh, boomerang. He's got the swag going. He's playing the music. It's in the Futurette. They're playing the music. Mm. So that's, that's cool to have that um, ahead of time. Um, And then also for him, for uh, James Gunn to reach out to whoever the band is going to be like, Hey, can you make a a song for me that goes with this theme or it's a
1: chase scene or whatever? That's just a luxury, man. I think in general, just relationships. I kind of alluded to this earlier, but as a director, having good relationships with all kinds of people, actors, producers, musicians, other directors. And James Gunn seems to have that in space. And he, he, fosters loyalty yeah. because when things went down at, at Marvel and he was initially released, yeah, all the actors, the main actors from guardians all signed that, that, that letter and made their petitions for him. That's not something you see happen for a lot of Dude, directors. Because
0: who's going to do another guardians film? Like that's, that's something that so got his fingerprint on. No one can do that. And on top of that, everybody likes him and how he went down was by some tweets. Right. From tweets some
1: tweets, some tweets in the in the past that were were, ri- were risky. Yeah. But you know that that moment to say, okay, I've changed. I'm a different person. Yeah. And I think people do have should have a chance to to change. It doesn't mean you don't own up to what you did or said. But uh, in mm-hmm. the land of Twitter, <laughs> uh, it could be it could be sticky. Yeah. But yeah. I'm glad he got a chance to. Uh, he got a chance to 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 come back. I mean, he took he took his lumps. He, okay. All right. Cool. Boop, boop. You ain't got a chance to come back. so Definitely
0: made him appreciate it, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say there. Uh, oh, but uh, in relation, I was going to say with the music, it's very true. Because like in our film, um, you know, we knew what the thing was going to be for our documentary. We knew what the theme was going to set the tone. We used it in a lot of our marketing. And uh, it was very helpful, you know, and to get a musician that will help without killing us, hitting us over the head. Boop. True, sure, true. Sure. It's going to cost you a million
1: dollars. You
0: know, anything like that. It's independent, son. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, James Gunn, apparently storyboards everything.
1: Yeah, that's like one of my first ones. Yeah, storyboard everything. And that makes it, I think, a whole lot easier. Yeah. You know, you, you, you makes the vision even clearer. And, uh, and you can hit the ground running and uh, it make it easier to communicate your vision as well right. to everybody involved, production, you know, set design. You know your um, costume. You know your your actors. Your mm-hmm. you know your first. You know uh, first director. Your all, everybody who needs to know what's going on. Storyboard it. it
0: it's it's, uh, it's interesting how actors. You know the you know how how they work too. It's um, I can't remember which actor said this. It might have been Daniela. I can't remember, but. Um, they were saying it's interesting. I think it was Margaret Robot, Robot, Marga Robbie. Um, and she was saying he knows exactly what he wants. Like it's good to work with him. He knows exactly what he wants. Whereas some actor, actors or actresses might be like, you know, I like to go in there and improvise. And, you know, because you have some some directors that come in there and they don't have it storyboarded out. They want to see what you're going to bring.
1: Right. You know, play, play around some. And Hey, Denzel, where are we going today?
0: You know, I've heard that from other co- directors where it's like, He'll give you those. I mean, he's a superstar. So it's like.
1: He's a director also. Yeah.
0: And he's not going to, as an actor, he's not going to give you always what you want. Kind of as a test, you know? And it's like, I don't want to be on the ground. I'm going to stand up. It's like, all right, I guess we're standing up today, guys. You know? (laughs)
1: King Kong. Yeah. (laughs) I run this. You didn't work here. You didn't live here. I run this. Give me a donut some coffee <laughs> oh man oh. Uh, you can uh, create an ocean front if you need to man the the fact that 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 ocean that weasel was drowning in yeah that whole beach front that was all done like in a sound studio that's wild wait wait, what <laughs> wow so yeah some of that that budget that's, that's yeah. where it was at yeah and
0: built the whole property <laughs> um What was I about to say? Um, Oh, yeah, the second unit director, he shot the stuff in, like, some of the street stuff in Panama. And it was based on those storyboards and animatics that uh, James Gunn produced. So you have the storyboard that's drawn out, and then you have the animatics, which are a CGI representation of what happens. Like, oh. I don't have to make decisions in here. I just, need, I just need to shoot it as a second unit director. Just shoot it. Go. This is I'm, I'm giving you exactly what you want. I don't have to make any creative decisions here.
1: You can also work with multiple uh, visual effects studios, which is what they did in this case. Some for the sake of uh, practical and some for the sake of your uh, your CGI. And So they used a combination of both, and I think the results are pretty stellar.
0: Yeah, uh, those companies were Trickster, Framestore, and... Webb. Hopefully I wrote that name down right. Um and they worked with the with
1: him on The Guardian. Is it Webley? Webley. Maybe it's that. But I just wrote down Webb. Sure. I think it might might be Webley. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, they they no doubt they has worked with uh some of them before, but he he me like He said he knows what he wants.
0: That's all I got for filmmaker tips.
1: Yeah, I'm burning through a couple more. Mm-hmm. Uh boom, 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 boom. He built this uh he built Blood sports specifically for Idris Elba. So, you know, you can build and have a specific uh, person in mind. There was no guarantee that he was going to accept, but you could still dream and plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just auditioned for others. Uh, same thing with Stallone, right? He envisioned already having Stallone play King Shark. Yeah. yeah. They still auditioned other people. But didn't quite, they didn't. Fit. They can't, I mean, who's who else got that voice? Come on. Yeah, Stallone is a, is a legend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they had domestic rats you know, Yuck. on set, they were training, and then Yuck. apparently, apparently, uh, James Gunn says rats, domestic rats, and specifically, make great pets, but they also apparently don't have a very long lifespan, so even the rats that were on set, like, they had to train them, like, in advance to have them ready to be there and and, and do their thing. Dang. Uh, oh, they worked with different dollies uh, that they put on actors and different backdrops, in particular, the scene where, uh, where Harley Quinn is in the, that, uh, bird cage. Yeah. Uh, bird atrium, if you will. Like they're like pushing a dolly forward while she's on a dolly. And yeah. Uh, like it's like multiple. Like a whole Spike Lee thing. Yeah. yeah. Multiple movements happening, but it makes for some, some beautiful shots. And okay. then they have a mantra on set. James Gunn works by a mantra. And actually one of the t-shirts that Rick Flagg is wearing is mm-hmm. of a character that uh, James Gunn created. I don't remember the name of the character, but the t-shirt says obstacles are opportunities. Yeah, for sure. And that's the mantra on set always that, okay, how is this obstacle going to be an opportunity that we can use to our advantage later on? So, um, I'm with it. My mantra is we shooting something. There we go. But, uh, yeah, that's all I had in, uh, terms of, uh, tips.
0: Yeah, man, overall good. Um, gross. So there's a lot of gross stuff in here. Uh, I think probably one of the grossest thing is her jumping. into one eyeball. In the goop, as rats come in, they eat the veins of the
1: eyeball, yeah, and blood
0: like engulfs it. That was disgusting,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but effective, you know. And, uh, the way that they tied all that together, right? That I mean, that there's no like real, real crazy loose ends. I mean, yeah. The the whole thing with that javelin, like her, yeah, like what 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 what, what, do I, what do I need this for? And she was like, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what uh, you know, there's a scene where she's with sport and she's like. I need to figure out what God wants me to do with this, and he's like Jesus Christ, or him, or or, or, or any of them. You yeah. know, she's nuts. But she gets the actual like purpose of, of when and how to use it. Yeah, and, and she even when she loses, it, she finds the the javelin again, and I mean she saves the day by slicing through that eye and getting inside of there. I don't know what that javelin's made out of, but it's pretty strong. Yeah, I assume <laughs> Starro is pretty tough. That his structure right she sliced right through that sucker and that's also when I watched the replay you know the rats come right in through that opening so disgusting it dude. is very gross very very gross <laughs> and, and the, but the fact that that in the violence she finds these moments of bliss you know when she's machine gunning those guys down the flowers are behind it I guess her perspective on it all right Harley you're uh, bloody dark and beautiful but you know, hey. yeah yeah doc doc Wow. well what are we diving into next time we're gonna take you into the 80s <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna visit the wraith with a, a very young actor by the name of charlie sheen yeah that was a film uh, i remember watching it
0: watching b road b-level movies back in the day over and over again yes sir in the summers it's part of the fun of the 80s uh. man tp was different then it uh they would just keep showing the same
1: show movie over and over It was not that much content there are fun like streaming channels out there like eighties volt seventies volt yeah. that are just free streaming services you just find and just watch you know be it up you know beat, <laughs> <laughs> be be uh, be who you are yeah. and, and, and just yeah yeah just so many options for just watching stuff like if right. you got internet connection there's can have a go yeah plenty of content out there well thank y'all for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time and in the meantime you can find us on oh, Facebook right. right. forward <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> slash oh, yeah. make a commentary <laughs> also please uh, we appreciate you taking the time to go to iTunes and uh, leave a like and a review And uh, subscribe as well. You can also find us on Twitter. He is at Reggie Titus. I am at KCGSmith32. We're also on the gram at Filmmaker Commentary. He's also on Instagram at Reginald Titus Jr. That's Jr. And I'm at KCGSmith32. Until next time. Peace. Respect.